Welcome to When I Was On My Mission, the podcast where missionaries tell true, unbelievable stories that they experienced firsthand. I'm your host, Brian Jensen. If you like this podcast, please tell a friend, subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating in your podcast app. It really helps us out. Welcome to the When I Was On My Mission podcast. Really excited for another episode. I'm your host, Brian Jensen, and I am here with one of my oldest friends, Judd Tolman. Judd, thanks for joining us on the podcast. You bet. Good to be here. Great to have you and super excited to hear a mission story from you. But before we jump into it, uh, let's get things started just by understanding a little bit about your mission. So where did you serve? I was in the Catania, Italy mission. doesn't exist anymore, but basically that compiles the heel, the toe, and Sicily down in southern Italy. Very cool. And when did yeah. you serve? June of 2006 to June of 2008. And I'm assuming you spoke Italian while I you were there. I spoke Italian, yep. Eventually. Yeah, eventually <laughs> did. So, took some time. Also right. took me some time to learn the language in <laughs> North Carolina. So Fair. So while you were there, what is, what's the craziest thing you ate while you were in Italy? Um, la pina porca. So I didn't know what that meant. There was a crazy old guy named Carmelo. He wasn't a member of the church. He wasn't crazy. I love the guy. He called me Johnny. I don't know exactly why, but he called me Johnny. Okay. But he was Uncle Carmelo, older guy, probably in his seventies, but it's uh, pig balls. And he took and fed <laughs> me pig balls. And when I went back with my wife, I uh, told him that we had to go feed her pig balls and I didn't tell her what it was till after. <laughs> she ate it? Yeah. She wasn't you... very happy with me. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. You need that type of exposure. Exactly. It's good for her. Didn't kill her. Yeah. So she's good. Made her stronger. Exactly. Sure. Yes. Totally. And also just what, what do you miss most about being a missionary? About being a missionary? I yeah. mean, for me, it's the like living in Italy, the culture, right? I mean, like the focus of not having all the outside distractions was amazing for me. I loved that. But I loved Italy. For me, it was just the people, the culture. They were amazing. It was a very hard mission from like a baptism standpoint. You know, numbers were not very high. The people were incredible. They talked to you. They were so kind. And then once you brought up, you know, religion, it was immediately, I'm born Catholic. I'm going to die Catholic. But, you know, I hope you have a great day. And it was just like, no, 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 hold on. And it was just done. Like that was game over. But I loved it. I loved the people. I loved the food. I loved seeing the gospel change people's lives who never had seen it. That was new for me being from Utah. So really cool things with that. Very good. And then just one more question for you before we jump into the story. Were you excited to go on your mission before you left? I was. It was something I had always kind of thought I would do. Um, it was kind of in the plan. And then what got me really excited, to be honest, was like the call, right? Like going to Italy was something that I had kind of hoped for. Um, there were a few places we all have those spots. And it's funny because like everybody who answers this question, they went to the right spot. I took a, an Italian class in college just because I loved, like I thought the language was cool. And so I took a class before my mission, before I had a call. And then I ended up getting a call to Italy. And so it was just like, I was stoked. I was excited to go do it. I was younger in my age. So most of my friends left before me. So it was like, okay, it's now my turn, time to get going. So I was pretty excited. Very good. And then just any any other fun tidbits before we jump into the story to share? Yeah, a couple fun things. You know, when I was in Italy, it's funny. I mean, a lot of people will have this experience, you know, learned a language. But it's funny because when you get there, you don't want to act like an idiot and you can't understand people. And, uh, you know, one of the funny stories, I was with my companion, my trainer. He was a stud. His name was Soup. And we're having a conversation. There was a, a young girl that we were having a conversation with. And she knew we were Americans and that's a, appealing to them. And uh, she was like, hey, when you guys get off work, can we hang out tonight? And I was like, see, see, see. 
And he just kind of looked at me and he's like, you have any idea what she said? I'm like, uh-uh, <laughs> nothing. And he's like, she just asked, she wants to know if we can go hang out tonight. I was like, oh, no, no, no. we can't do that. And I, you know, it's just funny things like that. There was a guy who in one of my cities called Messina, a cool city right on the coast. There was an English guy who lived there. He was like quasi homeless. Like he kind of bounced around places and he loved the missionaries in the church because like we would help him out. And one day we were doing street board. It was called Mostra out in the main park. And uh, he was he was kind of harassing the sisters. So I went over and I was like, Barry, like, you got to go. You got to leave us alone. It's time to go. And he was drunk. And I'm a big guy. I'm 6'3". At the time I was 6'3", like 220. He wasn't a real big guy. And he just looks at me and just decks me in the face. <laughs> he punched you in the face? Punched me right in the face. And he knew you. Like he, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We knew each other. Okay. I, was, I knew him by name. Like, we knew each other. And he looks at me and he just goes, and he just punched me in the face. And, and you know, he was being a little bit um, aggressive with the sisters. And that's why I went over there and was relatively stern to just say, like, leave us alone. It's time to go. You know, we'll see you later. And uh, he apparently didn't like that. And I remember the sisters just looking at me like, what just happened? And luckily, I think back and I'm like, I, I, I'm actually impressed. I didn't just go right after him and just beat him up because I was way bigger than him. And, you know, luckily it didn't didn't hurt that much. But he like looked at me and just like stumbled off. And that was the end. I never saw him again. Oh, wow. Never saw him again. That's amazing. So, that is incredible control. So you were, yeah, you were right? 19 or 20? Yeah, probably 20 at that point. No, wow. Yeah, that's that's amazing that, that a 19-year-old can just control it and, and let it pass. That's yeah, good awesome. thing I was a missionary. Or that's probably what have yeah, I not been as as patient with that one. Um, the other one that was cool is I got to Italy. So this was 2006, and any soccer fans out there know that Italy won the World Cup in 2006. Now, unfortunately for me, I was in the MTC during the World Cup, but because I'm going to Italy, obviously I'm naturally a huge you know Italian fan. But um, I get there. It was like August 10th or so when I actually got in country. And uh, so the World Cup had just finished. And it was like, so it's been 10 days. And every single night for the, probably the whole month of August, there's people driving around doing fireworks all night long, yelling. They're hooting and hollering. They're partying like all the way through August. And it wow. was pretty fun to see. Like it was a cool way to get introduced to the Italian culture. Was that a productive time from a mission standpoint or was it just... August is hard yeah. because it's all tourists. Every, all okay. the locals go to the beach or to like their country houses. So August is a hard time. They call it Ferragosto. So it's like their time to leave. Europeans just bail for a month. Um, that was a shocking thing for me. I remember one of my first few days, there was a sign on a store that said closed. And this was July 27th. We'll be back September 10th. And I was like, wait, what? Like in America, we're like closed for two hours for lunch. We'll be back. And I was like, wait, does this say what I think? Like, are they closed for six weeks? And my family's like, yep, yep, they'll be back. They're gone all of August. I'm like, wow. It was different. August is not the most productive time in general. So no, And then layer the the World Cup win on top of that and just probably probably not get much done. And then go try to teach the word of wisdom on top of that. Yeah. yeah. Not not, not, not the best time. Oh, man. That's good stuff. Can yeah, you? yeah. So, you know, those are fun ways to like think about Italy. Italy is amazing. I love it. You asked me the question of what I miss most and it's the people. You know, when we think about missions, there's so many fun stories, but most of them that are most impressionable come back to something where people changed, right? Where we made an impact on others. And there's a family, uh, the Chinaw family. I, I love this family. Um, they're in, a, in, in Southern Italy. And the dad had been born into the church. 
you know, there's not a whole lot of that, especially back in the day. At this point, he was born probably in the 70s, maybe eight, maybe 60s. And he had fallen away in his teenage years and hadn't come back for a long time. He had actually, his job was in a lot of the like bars, they're not bars like we have in the US. They're, they're more like cafes. And in a lot of these, they have slot machines. Oh, interesting. And yeah, so people go in, they'll get their cappuccino, they'll, you know, get drinks, they'll do slot machines, they'll hang out for a minute and then they'll bounce. But that was his job. Well, what happened is his life, he had not, you know, he wasn't wasn't a great guy at this point. And he had been rigging all of his slot machines. Oh, no. Yeah, it was, a, it was a bad deal. And he was making a ton of money. He was very wealthy. And he was essentially cheating. Something happened and he got caught. And what happened is his life started to kind of unravel, right? Like things weren't going well. And he was, was he, ready was to he a member prison. of the church? Or was he was he a, a member, but inactive. Okay. He had distanced himself pretty good. He hadn't okay. been around. His family was, but he hadn't been around for 20 years at this point. And had missionaries been trying to see, like, is this one of those people that missionaries had gone by with some regularity over time? Or you gotten to know him a little bit? Or So, you know, the cool thing is the missionaries definitely had some involvement. But really what it came down to, and this is like one of my most favorite things about being a missionary was the involvement. Like in a place like this, the people that were really doing the magic was the members. So like they had stayed close to him, even though he was pretty far away from the gospel, the church. He wasn't very interested. So what happened is he ends up calling, actually at the time he called his home teachers. He asked them to come and give him a blessing. And, you know, you look at this from like a 15 to a 35 year old at the time, like this has been a long time, but to see this guy like transition and transform and be like, I need something and I don't know what it is. But one thing that I think that I can rely on is God. So can you guys come and help me? So, you know, his story is he, he called these, these two home teachers at the time and they came over. He said they walked in and for the first time in his life, he looked at these two men. And he's like, they were angels sent from God. Like I knew immediately, like it was time for me to get my life in order. He got a blessing from him. He started to turn his life around. He had gone from, you know, an alcoholic, a guy that was cheating the system, a guy that was about to go to prison, had been very wealthy, losing all of it, and now being forced to be humbled. Well, over the little bit of time, I actually wasn't there for this engagement, so I wasn't there at this time. And he was the only member in his family. And um, Was he married? Did he have kids? He was kids? married, yep. He was married, and at this point he had two kids. So he had two kids, two Tough. boys. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in Italy, there's a lot of, like, communal living. So, like, their mother-in-law lived with them. Um, his mother-in-law lived with them. And there's, you know, it's a lot of, like, extended family living together. He was the only member of the church now being reactivated. Now, his mother-in-law and his wife, they were like, great, Enzo, you do you. I have no interest in this. Leave me out of it. Don't ever ask me to come. I'm not coming. And it was a very interesting situation. When I got to the city, Enzo and I became very good friends. He was he was a great guy. His wife actually had started to like come to church with him occasionally. But she said, don't ever bug me. And uh, one day, her mom was in the hospital getting a surgery. And she called us, uh, me and my companion. She said, hey, can you come give her a blessing? So we had been spending a lot of time with her. We had actually been, without him knowing, teaching her some of the lessons without him knowing that, where she had like started to express interest in the gospel. Well, she came over one day, had us give a blessing to her mother, and okay. she starts crying. And uh, afterwards, she said, can you give me a blessing? Hmm. And we gave her a blessing. And it's cool as a missionary because you give a lot of blessings. You know, that's a pretty cool thing. Like, I probably have given 90% of the blessings of my life, like, 
during that time period, regardless of who that's to. And I just remember the reason I picked the story is because she, afterwards, she was crying and she looked looked up at us and she said, I have some news for you. She said, I know that this is where I need to be and I'm ready to be baptized. Oh, wow. And it was just like, for me, like there's so many cool like missionary stories and kind of wow moments. But like, for me, I go back to a moment like this and it's like, that's so much cooler than all of the like just crazy stories, right? And I picked this story because I remember that moment where she told us and uh, she didn't tell anybody and she kept it a quiet message until it was fast, fast Sunday. And that fast Sunday, she got up and bore a testimony. She got up and said, hey, I'm also ready to be baptized. I've chosen a baptismal date. And like her husband and like everybody just erupted like it was a party. And I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) And it was just like, it was an amazing, amazing experience to be a part of. And uh, watching her husband baptize her was a moment for me that like changed my life. And it's so cool to see those life-changing moments where I think about like what my job was, was simply to be present. Like I didn't do anything special. I didn't do anything that was extraordinary. But her, the, it's interesting how the decisions of her husband and just being present and the ward at the time, the branch, just being present with them changed this family's life forever. And I watched their boys get baptized, all of this where they then changed their life forever. And it's a pretty cool thing. Oh, that's amazing. Did her husband know that she that she was going to bear that testimony and say that she had decided to get um, I, can't, I can't remember if he knew. There's two women that I specifically remember that had befriended her and watching their reactions were just like amazing. I don't recall if her husband knew. I think he did, but nobody else did. So it was just her husband and us. And then everybody else was, you know, that was like an announcement. That's awesome. It's cool. For those out there who haven't served a mission, what does it feel like when somebody gives you that news that they're they they know the church is true they know what you've been teaching them is true and they're ready to to get baptized what does that feel like what what's cool I, was, I said this at the beginning but just like having that single focus on something in this instance as a missionary it's the gospel obviously the moments of like that that's the payday right that's that's the opportunity to to celebrate and for me like my testimony that what she was choosing was real like coming out of a a blessing feeling like Santini, you're amazing. And then for her to announce that, it's just like, this is amazing. Like, I'm so happy for you. Your husband's going to lose it when he hears this. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> and, you know, the cool thing is a year later, they're sealed. And that's the most powerful part is then this family becomes sealed in the gospel or in the temple. So the joy that comes from that, like, it's cliche to say, but it really is just so cool. What what an amazing story. And have you been able to keep in touch with them at yeah. all? We have. I actually, I don't have Facebook, um, but my wife does. So the other day, like a month ago, she gets this Facebook call from their daughter Oh, and and she's like he's she's been calling me and I'm like oh really so I pick it up and it's Enzo he's like ciao Dolman and I'm like oh <laughs> hey you know I don't I need to practice my Italian because it's been 15 years and I no one to talk to in, in Utah but uh, it was really cool so he called me we try to keep in touch I send him Christmas cards just like little touch points that's great did your Italian come back could you talk to him what do you yeah like we talked fine okay I need practice it was a practice? little it was a little rough around the edges but we got it done. Well, Judd, that's a fantastic story. Thanks for sharing it. And one more question for you. I ask this question to everybody that, uh, that comes on. But thinking back to all those experiences, you know, getting punched in the face, <laughs> World Cup, this amazing experience with these families and all those other stories. Was it worth it ser- serving a mission? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, probably a yes, no answer, but I'm going to tell you more. When I was 19 going on my mission, it was hard because I was, I was a decent athlete in my younger years. And I had a lot of opportunity in college. And I, I considered not going. I don't even know my parents know that. And uh, so I was excited, but I also was 
was nervous of like what would change in my life. And, uh, you know, looking back, my mission really did change my life forever. It probably hurt my athletic ability, <laughs> but, uh, but it did. It changed my life. And, and I think a lot of who I am today is because of my experience as a mission and missionary and definitely, definitely glad I did it. Well, I couldn't agree more, Judd. And thanks for coming on and sharing the story. You bet, man. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When I Was On My Mission. If you or someone you know has a great mission story, we would love to hear it. Please email us at contactonmymission at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram or Facebook at When I Was On My Mission. If you like this podcast, please tell a friend, subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating in your podcast app.